So think about a cloud. You know, the, the way I think about that is the cloud is a, a crown jewel that you want to protect. When something that happens, you need to detect that as early as possible, and you need to respond as, in a timely manner as possible. And we are really that piece that is able to identify what's going on in real time and also deal with the detection response side of the house. From GGV, this is Founder Real Talk, where we get real about the challenges that founders and startup executives face and how they've grown from tough experiences. I'm your host, Glenn Solomon. Without further ado, here's today's episode. Today on Founder Real Talk, I'm happy that my partner, Oren Younger, is joining me to chat with our next guest. Hey, Oren, how you doing? Hey, Glenn. Thanks for having me. It's always fun. So it's, it's our pleasure to welcome Ari Zilberstein co-founder and CEO of GEM, a startup that's building a cloud detection and response platform for security operations teams. When it comes to responding to incidents in the cloud, GEM's platform allows security ops teams to be faster, smarter, and better prepared. And this is why we are extremely proud to announce today that GGV is leading GEM's $23 million Series A. Ari, congrats on your Series A, and thanks for joining us here today on Founder Real Talk. Glenn, Oren, thanks for having me, and really, really glad to be here on Founders Real Talk. So Ari, you know, I feel like uh, although we're announcing our Series A investment today, we've gotten to know you really over the past 18 months. Israel's a small world, and we can trace our relationship to you back across two generations of GGV founders, the, the Orca security founders introduced us to the wing security founders, Noam and Galit, who then introduced us to you. We're playing the, uh, the the family tree now in Israel. And Noam, I think, was actually your commander in uh, 8200, which is the Israeli Defense Force Elite Cyber and Intelligence Unit. Is that right? Yeah, that is correct. I believe in your eight years as part of that elite team, you rose from software developer to R&D group manager, where you directed a 40-person team of software engineers and cybersecurity experts. And also while in Unit 8200, you met your co-founders, I think, CTO Ron Konigsberg and VP of Product Ophir Bruckner. So obviously, you know, you spent a lot of time in the military with some very, very talented people. Ari, how did your military experience shape who you are today? So I, I spent about a decade in 8200, which was more than the usual that people spend in the, in the IDF. And I did that because I felt that in every step that I'm uh, making in the unit, it's meaningful and there's a reason to stay there. By the way, one of the reasons that I sat in the unit longer was Noam that introduced all of us uh, from the first place. And, and specifically, the unit that I stayed at, uh, that I was at in 8200, was one that was responsible for solving complex problems. And being as part of that unit is something that teaches you that you can really do the impossible and solve things that are considered unsolvable elsewhere. And that, I think, one of the characteristics that I developed in the unit and drives me today as well. Have any inkling back when you met Ron and Ophir that you guys would one day start a company together? We know each other over 13 years now since the time that we met at the unit. And, and we knew for sure that we wanted to build a company, wanted to start a company back then. I don't know if we knew that we we're going to do that together at the time. About two years ago, after we knew each other for a long time, we regrouped, uh, we talked, and actually we spent some uh, time in different places. Ophir and I spent at Signia, Ron spent at Singular. We reconnected and regrouped, and, and the energy was energy synergy was pretty magical. Then we decided to do the, the step forward and actually build a company together. We decided that almost right away because it felt natural. And, uh, you know, we didn't know that on the first place uh, when we met 13 years ago, but when it 
regrouped after a few years, we felt that it, it should happen. So Ari, we, we know you came highly recommended by Noam and Galit, who clearly overlap with you in the IDF. Let's talk a little bit about your time at Signia, an Israeli cybersecurity startup that provides high-end consulting and incident response support to very, very large organizations worldwide. You were a manager there, and then you were VP of incident response at Signia, which Tabasic acquired in 2018 for $250 million. What is it that you discovered that let you drop everything, your lucrative jobs, and start Gem? So I always tell people that being in the trenches of the incident response is where you actually learn the most, you know, real problem in cybersecurity, because this is where things break. We were dealing with the crises that expose glaring flaws in security organization, and then started to notice a pattern, meaning that the flaws that we identified in environments that included cloud environments were actually bigger and more, you know, more severe than the ones that we had in, in other cases. So we felt that organizational dealing with detection response needs a proper solutions uh, that wasn't in place at the time. We wanted to build something that would dramatically limit the impact of incident and stop them before it's too late, especially when it comes to the cloud. Is that something you've seen in bigger organizations or small organizations? Is that is that like a typical trend? What, what do you? How uh, you decided that this is this is a big enough problem to go and chase? Because it was pretty much consistent across most companies. We had to respond. I'd say broadly in five years of doing incident response, I'd say the first years were more focused on, on many traditional cases where we've seen ransomware, APTs, financial crime, all of that. And then the past years were really focused on, on more cloud breaches that we, you know, every time that we got into these cases consistently, you know, we, we saw that the organization were unprepared. And, and to your question, both smaller organizations that were, un, you know, th that were immature, but also big organization that we felt that they should be mature but ultimately, realistically, they weren't as mature to respond or to be ready to prepare to a breach in the cloud. So Ari, we hear a lot about attacks, cyber attacks, and but what we don't know much about is what really happens under the covers and what, what it's like at a company when they get breached. I've heard you describe responses that security operations teams undergo when they've been breached as like the wheels falling off. Can you walk us through like, you know, maybe without naming names, what a situation that you can recall look like? Like, how chaotic is it? How do you manage an incident response in a situation where, a, you know, a big company's been breached or fears being breached? So it actually starts from the uh, from a call that we got, you know, when, when I was based in Israel, actually based in New York, a call that the company is under, you know, is being compromised and there's a breach, and then we were called in to fly uh, to manage the incidents on site. And then pretty much in about a, an hour or two hours, we were able to fly uh, to the customer, sometimes from Israel to the U.S., sometimes from Israel to, uh, to even uh, longer distance. And then we come in, and usually what we find is an organization that is uh, you know, many, many people angry, trying to piece together evidence uh, and find the truth of what actually happened, and trying to find what is noise, what is accurate, what that attack really happened. And what we're trying to do, I think it's a combination of uh, technological exercise that we do as well as the more strategic uh, and psychological exercise that we do with the management. On the one hand, we're trying to really piece together evidence that we know that is truth and, and we know that we identify things that are happening and, and kind of draw a time of what happened before what and, and you know what is the root cause, what happened, what the impact was. And, and sometimes you're willing to be very accurate and you need to 
kind of you need to be very technologies to be able to drive and find these right answers. But on the other side, which I found more interesting is actually the psychological aspect of that, of actually everybody's angry and you need to really serve as the trusted uh, partner advisor to the management of the company to be able to you know, translate some of these technical uh, elements of the investigation to what the impact is, what do you need to do, how do you need to communicate and how to run that organization still and nothing, you know, something bad happened, but it's not too bad and you can actually recover and continue from that point on. Really interesting to hear that you you view this as a blend of both technology and psychology almost uh, and and ma- managing emotions uh, of the client as well as, uh, you know, the breaches and, and risks that they face. Sounds like a difficult job. Really cool that you've decided to build Gem to, to help companies manage incident response uh, in the cloud. But, you know, um, we have a, at GGV, many, many listeners know we have a lot of cybersecurity investments. Oren's been critical in spearheading many of them. And for example, companies like Orca Security focus on what the, the market has come to be called cloud security posture management. Torque, another one of our companies focused on security automation. And that definitely has a role to play in, in security operations centers, among other areas within security. So can you kind of sketch the landscape out? How does GEM fit in with companies like Orca, like Torque? And there's a lot of cybersecurity companies out there. So how do you, how do you carve out your own niche? So quite luckily, I think we fit pretty well with uh, these two companies that you already invested in, both Orca and Torque. On, on, on both sides of the map, if you think about that, you know, in the picture of security operation, so think about a cloud, you know, the, the way I think about that is the cloud is a, a crown jewel that you want to protect. And then the way I look at that is that you want to have a wall around this a crown jewel. You want to protect that and you want to build a wall that is as tall as and as big as that thick as, as possible to for nobody to get in into this crown jewel and, and take that. And then I see more the CSPM of the world, like Orca and other companies protecting and making sure that you build that environment, you build it wall around the cloud in the most diligent way for nobody to get in, hypothetically. However, you know, sometimes reality strikes and you need to assume breach that someone would get in. And then you need to have the sensors, you need to have the uh, capability to deal with the reality when it happens. When something that happens, you need to detect that as early as possible and you need to respond as in a timely manner as possible. And we are really that piece that is able to identify what's going on in real time and also deal with the detection response side of the house. You know, the Torx side is actually coming right after us, meaning that if you want to deal with many findings, many incidents, many alerts coming from different solutions, like the cloud, endpoint, whatever, and you want to orchestrate it in a way, they we would actually be able to feed into them and be integrated with them to be able to, for them to serve as a single pen of glass for many organizations. This is super cool. I, I know I, I personally spoke with so many CISOs who mentioned that they invest so much in, in uh, tooling like Splunk and others. And they're still flying blind. They don't know if and when they're being attacked. And so this is this is what Jam is so critical into enabling those security professionals to uh, to know what is happening and how to respond to it as fast as possible. So this is really exciting. I want to shift us into a new trend that you probably never heard of called Gen, Gen AI, which is being integrated into many aspects of engineering and security today. What are your thoughts on Gen AI and how will this affect Gem? So initially, when the hype arrived, has arrived, I, I thought it's it's a little bit overhyped. But then trying myself some of the applications, I was pretty overwhelmed, kind of over 
blown by the capabilities of, of the current trend and what's happening today. So I'm I'm not only a believer, but we we already are using Gen AI for some purposes in the development of GEM. So I think you know it's an incredible uh, capability that is generally able to accelerate processes, uh, decision making, and the ability to develop software in a more you know in a better way for GEM. You know, when you think about decision making and, and the security operation work, there's a lot of manual work. There's a lot of uh, data that you need to fuse together to get to a decision. I think Gen AI can play really critical part in accelerating that process. So think about Gen AI. On the one hand, we use Gen AI to accelerate some of our development processes in how we build even demo environments. That was one use case that we use Gen AI. And on the product side, we actually use, we're planning to use Gen AI and embed it into the way of accelerate triage and response capabilities uh, when it comes to cloud detection response. So definitely it's it's top of mind for us, uh, both in terms of how we uh, work and make ourselves better, but also in terms of how we deliver better value for customers when it comes to the future of security operations. Even I've heard of Gen AI, Warren. So uh, I think it's pretty mainstream now. All right. One other area I wanted to ask you about, you live in New York. You've been in New York several years. You're obviously Israeli by uh, birth, I believe, and I, you grew up in Israel and served in the Israeli Defense Force. You're kind of a, a multicultural and you're building your company that way. You have people in, uh, lots of people in Israel. I mean, you're still a young company, but you have a nexus of people in Israel. You also have, and I think more plans to, to add people in the US. How are you thinking about your building out your team and what are the challenges on the one hand and the benefits of having folks in both Tel Aviv and New York or wherever you end up building out centers of excellence? So I think it's the right way to go. And, you know, we, we built Jam. We started Jam when I was already in New York and we had a debate whether I should move back to Israel for just a year or so. And eventually we decided that I stay in New York and we build a company that way. We focused in the US and New York and, and the team in R&D focused in Israel. And I think that was a great decision because we are you know, we have many functions of the company at this point. We have R&D, we have go-to-market, uh, we have product. And I believe that we built fast-paced functions that work almost independently in, in, in very good sync between these regions and, you know, between Tel Aviv and, and New York. And, you know, broadly speaking, the Tel Aviv office is more focused on the R&D where we have a lot of advantages like uh, uh getting the best talent possible and building amazing team of R&D product um, analysts, researchers. And that would be the focus of, of the Tel Aviv office where in the U.S. I'm based here and build around me, around me the go-to-market uh, operations of the company, which I think at this point, after about a year and a half uh, building the company, it, it dramatically accelerated the company because I'm here, I'm more customer-facing, I'm closer to opportunities. And I think it did well you know, for the company overall. I think it was the right decision to start that way. Glenn and I spent a lot of time and our colleague Dan in, in Israel. And uh, over the last uh, few years, we've seen different versions of, uh, of companies and don't want to speak for others. But I definitely believe that this is the fastest way to build a company, to have uh, part of the team the go-to-market being stationed in the in the region that you're going after is a crucial point to really mesh with your ecosystem, to get close with your customers, acquiring talent, etc. So kudos to you for thinking about this and, and building the right way from, from the early days. So it's still early days and we're not counting uh, success just yet, but you and your team are moving fast. If you had to look at your crystal ball, where do you want to take Jam in three to five years? So 
Our vision to Gem is pretty big. We started with the cloud detection response because we believe and we found that this is the most critical part and where we can drive value that uh, isn't there nowhere. But, but we believe that Gem would become a critical and big piece of the future of security operation uh, because it is built for the future. It is built with the technology of the future, like how organizations are going to be uh, structured and architectured with, you know, with cloud infrastructure and also serving that infrastructure exactly. So if, for example, we see Gem as one part of a security operation workflow where, you know, the part that serves cloud, if you think about the future, what the future would look like for organization, cloud would be the most critical and dominant piece. And Gem would be at the same time, the equivalent piece in the security operation driving uh, the security operation of that uh, critical infrastructure. So I do believe that our presence in security operation would become bigger. And for that, I think the vision of the company would be to become the center of the future of security operation, which if you think about it today, today companies in the security operation are huge, are dominant leaders. And I think that GEM has a chance to become these leading companies driving the future of security operation. As Orin knows, Ari, we love companies with big visions. That's a big vision. And we are super, super excited to be on your journey now with you and looking forward to lots of fun times ahead. We're gonna end this, this episode with a speed round. We're gonna put you on the hot seat so just say the first thing that comes to mind. What's one thing you like to recommend or you recommend first-time founders learn before taking off on the, the entrepreneurship journey? It's about surrounding yourself with the best people, I think on two angles. One, as a team, you need to build a team, leadership, people that are best. But it's not only that, it's also about surrounding yourself with the best uh, partners, founders, friends. Uh, that can actually give you the best tips possible whenever you need that. I think this is very critical piece in my in my journey over the past few years. Why did you choose the very easy to search but very tough to find name Gem? I, I think that was uh, one of the toughest decisions uh, for us at the company uh, so far. I'd say the first word that came to mind is resilience because we want companies to become resilient, and Gem represents that. It's all, it's also kind of about finesse. But about resilience, uh, first and for all, but also Gem really, you know, is a word that you can build a language around. And f- just to give you an example, uh, we are only hiring true gems and we are all about finding hidden gems in cloud logs. Well, speaking of gems, you have a beautiful border collie named Panda. And if you closely follow you on social media, you've seen that you're in your last four years in New York City, you've taken Panda to many interesting spots from the beaches of like Fire Island to pumpkin patches. Panda looks like she gets to go to a lot of cool places. What's the next bucket list place for you and Panda to go? So we never took a Panda on a plane to a national park. Recently, I saw that this is quite a popular thing. And and the next thing for Panda would be get on a plane united and travel with us on a national park in the US. Well, I can, having traveled with my dog on planes, I wish you the best of luck on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Ari, thanks so much uh, for joining us today. We're so excited to be formally announcing the Series A and and joining you on your journey and seeing you and your team shine. All gems should be nice and shiny and you you and your team are going to shine and build Gem into the center of security operations, which is a big vision. And we wish you all the best and really appreciate you sharing your journey up till now with us. And we'll look forward to an episode a couple of years in the future to check back in and see how things are going. Thanks again for having me. And more than that, I really appreciate you of, of the journey so far and for having you, Glenn, Lauren, part of our journey at Gem Security from now on. So good luck to all of us. 
Thank you, Ari. Thanks, Ari. You've been listening to Founder Real Talk. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app to help others find this podcast. If you have any questions you'd like to ask our guests or founders you'd like to hear on this podcast, feel free to email us frt at ggvc.com. Our theme song is by Grapes. Past and present enterprise tech companies include the likes of Slack, Square, Zendesk, HashiCorp, Drata, Rosell, Monte Carlo, BitSite, Orca, Neon, Synac, and many more.